Welcome everybody to Today in Space. Today I have a very special guest with us, uh, Cyril from Veonis. He is the CEO and he's helping create these products that is helping the astronomy community have access to the stars and, and to view in a, a more simple way than ever before. And I'm really excited to talk to Cyril and talk about who he is as a person and where science captured his his imagination. And then we're going to talk about the products that Veonis offers, dive a little bit more into that. But Cyril, thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, Alex. Thank you for the invitation. And um, real pleasure to be with you today to speak about astronomy and observation of the night sky. So thank you. Where I want to start is let's, let's dive into you as a person and you as a person in science. So one of the things that really intrigued me was you know sometimes when when people develop products it, it's not necessarily the person the end consumer that develops that product sometimes it's just someone that develops a product thinks it's a good idea finds a niche market tell us about how you got into astronomy what's your story there my story about astronomy started 15 years ago when i was a teenager so i live in the south of france in montpellier and my grandmother lived in east uh, of France, uh, southeast, uh, in Nice. And in Nice, there is a, near Monaco, maybe uh, you know this city. And there is a, a wonderful uh, observatory, professional observatory, from I think the 90s, uh, from yeah, something like uh, 18 or 19th century. So a very old observatory. And when I visited it for the first time, so I was 15, and mm. it was amazing to see this very big uh, telescope for the first time of my life. Mm. And at this moment, I think it was the first day when I started to be interested by the, this subject. Did it continue from there? Um, did did you immediately start going into astronomy? Was that your ultimate look or, or did you were you thinking of doing something else? Yeah, directly after this, uh, this uh, visit, but it was more as a hobby for me at the beginning. Mm. It was not, I never thought it could be one day my job, uh, <laughs> every day uh, life. So I didn't know what I can study uh, except optic because I was fascinated by optic. And that's the real uh, axe uh, to enter in astronomy. It was by the optic and the instrument before mm. the astronomical aspect and the stars, clusters and everything. So it was by the instruments. And so I started to study uh, optic mm. and after uh, aerospace about electronic in satellites. And I decided to stop my uh, my degree, as it's the equivalent, I think, in, in aerospace to launch the company because I had to do it. And I think I will explain it in a few seconds. Yeah, so that's fascinating. Uh, yet another aerospace engineer uh, on our podcast that has has taken a, a route outside of their degree as I'm one of those people. So that's that's interesting. So so, yes, let's let's jump into that. So you you decided to. While you're in, while you're getting your degree, you decide we're going to launch this company. Where where, where did that tell tell us about that? I like very user friendly experience, and mm. I you can find it in um, in drones, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, Veonis started something like five years ago, and five years ago it was a, a good moment for drones. Uh, you started to to see them everywhere and yeah. things like that. So with DJI and this kind of uh, of brand, so. When I see how easily can be a drone, I just thought there is no reason for uh, astronomy to didn't have the equivalent of a, a drone, but to observe the, the universe. 
So yeah, with that, with GoPros, with uh, the what you can get on your smartphone at a photophone. So all the technology was there. The only mm. thing to do was to place it together and to create uh, this one. So that's the origin. That's that's great. And I, and I want to talk about the the process of like getting into astronomy because I think this is where Bayonis really takes takes hold. My first thought, because I haven't had the opportunity to 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 use uh, Stellina and, and Vespera is brand new. So my first view, obviously, I. I see Apple, I see that that just simplicity of the hardware and the software merging together to cut out all the extra things that, that you need to do. And I, I hope this is a compliment. I, it seemed very much like um, a GoPro from my experience where, you know, as someone that records and, and creates content, you know, there's there's a use for something that just does it right. You don't, you know, it's great to have uh, an optical lens like a, a, an XL, a DS, DSLR camera to do so much with it, but how much time does it take to set that up? Can you really just click and go? Um, so that's where the value, as, as I see it, is. I can tell you, spent hours outside setting up a telescope, uh, you know, especially when you don't do it for a while. The first thing is it's been sitting in a hothouse. You take it outside. It's all foggy. Now you got to wait for it to cool down. And, and then just dialing it in and looking, and you're taking time, and then if I was on an old Celestron telescope growing up and could never quite get the automated tracking to work, but that it was <laughs> old, old star maps. Um, Same story. Same story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, so tell me more about that. When I explained to you about the drones and all these technologies, and in parallel, I was an amateur astronomer, so I spent so many mm -hmm. hours to, to try to, to observe the, the universe. And like a lot of people, I started with uh, Dobson, uh, so mm. with an eyepiece, and it's very easy to use. So on that aspect, it's, it's a very cool instrument. Mm. But uh, when you are using a Dobson, you need to use your eye, and that that's the problem. Uh, it's not about the telescope, it's about our eyes. Not enough sensitive. We cannot see a lot of details, we cannot see a lot of colors. And I manage um, an association, the South of France, with a lot of different amateur astronomers. And it was always the same reaction when you're observing in a telescope and you don't, don't really know what is astronomy. You are like, ah, okay, it's, it's cool. But yeah. you can feel, feel that the, the, the general public have this feeling of, ah, it was a little bit disappointing. Mm. So that was the reason I saw that observation with an eyepiece was disappointing. Astrophotography is very, it's too difficult. You need to know so many things about mechanical, about electronic software. So too difficult for people. And we tried to merge the, these two different sides of astronomical device. And, and let's talk more about how, what the difference, what you guys, what value are you adding to the, the amateur astronomer experience? And, and everything, I think some of the things that's so lost on, on beginners, and, and I'm still a beginner, very much so, the stacking of images and the processing that happens afterwards, never mind mounting the camera to the telescope in the first place, which is a whole other thing. What does the Veonis product do for a user? How does that user experience get even easier than, than ever before? The fact to suppress all the technical issues that you can find on a classical telescope, that, that's the main point. And mm. the user experience, it's fun because a lot of people are asking us on social media and everything, uh, what 
I have to do with the Stellina and Vespera. There is nothing to do, so it's not interesting. I, I can go on Google Pictures to, to see. And for me, it's very interesting because it's, it shows that for many people, amateur astronomy is just the fact to set up your instrument, to try to observe something. But it's not astronomy. It's yeah. the, the fact that you love instruments. And for me, the real astronomy is observing the night sky and trying to understand what you are observing. And with Stellina and Vespera, it's the user experience without any technical issues and difficulties allow you to be focused on knowledge, observation, the fact to share with other people mm. and to, to be able to, to do your image processing very easily and all the different aspects. And, and I'll add on to that because I, I wanted to at least just provide another example for people that like are in that boat, that if they're an amateur, they, they just see it. I think that's a great insight. One of the things for me, uh, for, for this podcast, we, we're trying to provide something on a daily basis. And one of the things I've always I've wanted to do since the beginning is set up a telescope and, and observe long term over time and, and, and watch something as it goes. And there's really... It's not. It, it takes so much work to get that set up. You have to create your own observatory, which is I've I've met some amazing people online that have done that. I'm thinking of Elliot Astronomy, Astronomy right now as a great channel. It does that. But I think it's this uh, idea of work stacking that I I ended up finding uh, through 3D printing. Because one of the great things about 3D printing for me is I can be doing work like this, right? We can be talking. I can be doing other things while my printer is doing work at the same time. So I'm, I'm stacking what I'm able to do with, and this is what got me excited about the platform is, I can say, okay, and I, I saw that, I think it's Vespera has three objects that I can observe at any time that you can schedule, and then is Stellina is unlimited. So you could set up things to observe all the time. That to me is so <laughs> mind-blowing. Like that, that, that is exactly what we're looking for. We can, we can get people to continually continuously see what our observation is from afar has has that been is that seen a lot or is that something people is that something people see when they first buy it or is that something they find after they use it no i think it's after they use it mm -hmm. um just one thing you said it before the best telescope is the telescope that you use and i think yeah it's Important thing, uh, whatever, uh, the, the, if there is a sensor or not, a computer inside or not. Um, and that is our first and our main focus at Vionis, create telescopes that people will use. Uh, after, about the fact to, to observe frequently every night, every two days, every week. I think it's really when you buy Pelina or Vespera and you start to use it, there is a feeling of now I want to observe that and that and that and that. Mm. And so if I can plan, plan my observation, it will be a, a good way to, 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 to do it. So yeah, you, you have to try it to understand really the, the user experience and all the potential. Yeah, and, and I agree. And, and one of the things I thought was really useful, so on your website, Bayonis, V-A-O-N-I-S.com, you guys have a video on there that it seems like a, uh, just a product uh, demo, kind of overviews the whole product as it is. And your application is set up with the amateur astronomer in mind. Like it's it's recommending things based on your geolocation. Um, so you don't even necessarily have to think about what you're going to look at. You just have kind of a menu and you can go, wow, I can look. And it's not, 
I'm observing three things in like four mm-hmm. hours outside. It's wow, I can set this up and just look at everything. Like that is a whole different experience. Exactly. If there is no clouds, just have to place it outside, launch the app, and you will have some advices to know what you, you can observe. And it's all the thing, because in astronomy, when you start to observe, you don't really know what you can observe. You mm. think about the moon, like everybody, yeah. uh, some planets, obviously. And after you're like, okay, M31, M42, this kind of objects, but after 20, 30 objects, you don't know, know what to, to observe. And yeah. with the app uh, and the fact to share with the community, you can have a lot of advice. Amazing. Let's talk about the team. So obviously, you guys are at this point now five years in, right? Am I correct? Five what? Sorry? Uh, five years in, the, the company itself. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. So... Talk about building that team. How did that start? Are these people that you met in your aerospace career and in amateur astronomy in in that society that you're helping uh, work? Like, is that where it came from? And and how did it build to where it is today? The first employee was very important because he's the CTO today, Jill Jice. And I have some dreams, some ideas. And after you take it, and a few months after, I have a product. So he is incredible for that is very good to create products just with ideas so that's the point uh, to start the, the, the team and after i had some business angels so some people who gave me some money to launch the, the company and they are entrepreneurs with a lot of experience so they helped mm. me to to hire the good people the good team and now we are 15 in the team so it's always a little team but uh, we will yeah. be 20 in a few months and i hope hundreds in, in a in two years that, too. That's amazing. So that's that's really great growth for a small company. I think I've worked in many small companies before, or at least a few. It, it's it's an interesting dynamic. I've been on the technical side, you know, providing technical support, whether being an engineer or or working in applications, and and seeing from the inside how a company grows. Sometimes you can grow too fast, and it, it seems like you guys have a very nice steady growth, but you're penetrating the market in a way that you really need right now. It's it's very 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 important to, to to be very careful about the speed of the the company the mm. the growing of the company. Why? Because it's an industrial product. You have to manufacture hundreds and hundreds of products. So if there is one issue, only one <laughs> issue in the product, and there is more than three hundred pieces inside, wow. uh, so if there is one issue, your company can can die. Mm. Um, because you have so much, um, a lot of uh, customer service, and you're dead. So um, after three years of research and development, so we took our time uh, with a lot of work. We launched the first year of uh, of sales, uh, and it was perfect. No, no product in stock uh, at the end of the year. That's great. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, last year it was the same, uh, and this year it will be difficult in December, so in a mm. few days, uh, because we haven't. It's the end of our stock of this year, so mm. this ramp up uh, is very, very important because if you have a big stock at the end of the year, you're dead because you don't yeah. have any cash. So right. you have to find the good uh, level of uh, of sales that you expect for the, the year after to secure the company. Do you see, uh, how has this year been different than years before? Obviously, there's a ton that's different, but you guys seem to have a really big online presence. Has 
has your approach to that changed or what, what are you guys seeing on your end with this? How it affects the company? The big difference this year was about the communication because we had a lot of reviews of Stelina um, in magazines and YouTube and a lot of different supports. So um, that was the main thing. And obviously the Kickstarter of uh, Vespera was, uh, was very, very important for our, our sales mm. in general. And we are a, a very young company, but the market of amateur astronomy is very small. So it's easy to touch a lot of people. It's not like we are not creating speakers or smartphones. So it's easy right. to get visibility in the area of astronomy. After the main challenge will be to, to be known by uh, the general public. And mm. that will be the next, the next step. And that's why we created uh, Vespera to give the access to the night sky at everyone. That's great. So let, let's let's talk numbers. Let's talk a little bit of specifics. We can nerd out a little bit. Let's talk about Stellina first, because that's your your customer available product right now outside of the Kickstarter. So let's talk about Stellina. What are the nuts and bolts, and how, how much does it cost? How do, how do people get that? Okay, so Stellina, so this big baby, uh, <laughs> it's weight about ten kilograms. Uh, sorry, mm. I don't know in pounds. So uh, twenty-two pounds. Something like that. 2.2. <laughs> I know the conversion. <laughs> so Stelina is a $4,000 telescope. I can answer at the first question that could be, but it's it's a lot. But if you want to buy all you need to do the same, it will be something like $3,000. So mm. the $1,000 more is about the user experience, the quality, mm. because it's uh, all produced in uh, France in the in just at 10 minutes of our oh, company. Oh, wow. And okay, that's very, really cool. Yeah, it's very important because you can do all your products in China. I never take a look at it, uh, but it was not our politics and our strategy. We want to be very near our production uh, line. And so all the products are made just a few, few minutes uh, ago from the company. So in Stelina, you have the... The optic, as you know, so mm. this is the lens, it's 80 millimeters. And inside you have a mirror just there at uh, 45 degrees. Mm. And there you have the sensor. So just in front of the sensor, you have a light pollution filter and an autofocus. It's the only only telescope in the world with an autofocus. It's, you can think it, well, it's easy to, to do an autofocus, but there is no one. No, no. So, yeah, no telescope exists with, with that. Uh, and after you have the, the two axes, this axis, this one, as you can expect. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the app, you just have to choose an object, click on it, and uh, Stelina will go automatically on it uh, with the, the motors, and it will start to track the object in, uh, in the night. So you can go uh, in your living room, wherever you want, with a Wi-Fi connection, with an iPad or what you want. And you can see the, the pictures with the live stacking system that you explained before, created minutes after minutes. So that's the idea. And the tripod is a carbon fiber tripod made in the north of Italy. So one more time, the quality aspect was very important. So with this first product, it was really focused on the technological uh, revolution, but the price is, is high. And with Vespera, the goal was to uh, use again all these technologies, but in a smaller, smaller telescope. 
that I, I really have a lot of respect for, for that approach. Uh, you know, you we've seen it in a lot of different ways to keep it relevant to, I think, this industry with Elon Musk and I think, especially how we approached Tesla, there was that roadster kind of model where it's like, okay, we need people to invest if we can get people with the money that that are really the, the enthusiasts, the really the people that love it, and we can give them a product that's great and exciting, we'll start there and then offer it to everyone else. That that's kind of how, you know, planes and, and everything else that's developed, it's it's kind of the been the pathway. So I think that's great and I think it's super smart and in retrospect definitely <laughs> good that you guys kept everything so yeah. local and, and close. That's that that's definitely pays dividends nowadays. As someone who who knows the the background of optics and and sourcing all this stuff? Was that a helpful skill for you as as CEO, as as combining your technical and and kind of big picture CEO view? Was was that helpful? Uh, about the quality of uh, the pictures, you mean? Of the yeah, and and your experience as someone who knows optics at a very detailed level, did that help you, or was that was that something you had to step back from because you knew too much? Mm, uh, no, and to be honest, I haven't got a lot of time to, to be focused only on the optics. So we worked with yeah. a, a French uh, office specialized in, uh, in optics, the fact to design optics. Um, mm. And they are the best in France. So I'm very happy to, to have the occasion to work with them. And I, I had the occasion to discuss with um, Quentin Sagnier, which is a very famous French entrepreneur and the CEO of De Vialet. De Vialet is a very famous brand about, uh, for speakers. Uh, mm. I love this brand. And if you take a look to, to the company De Vialet, you will see that there is some parallel in terms of design and vision. And Quentin told me that a good entrepreneur don't have to take any decision himself. He just has to be sure that the de decision taken by, by other people is a good one. And mm. it's, I completely agree with that. And my job is not to take all the decision and, and design the optic and the mechanic and everything. It's just to, to hire the good people and to be sure that the, what they are working on is the good, the good thing. That, that is so important, uh, Cyril, like that. I'm very happy to hear you say that. That gives me so much hope for where you guys are going to go in the future. Cause as far, as far as a business and knowing the, I think that's very humbling that you, that you did that, that you were able to step back. I don't think a lot of people in that in that arena who are technical and go to being the CEO have that. So that's great. I, I think that's that's awesome. It's difficult. It's very yeah. difficult. I, I love to create telescopes and spend <laughs> all my time to to assemble PCs and things like that and to draw uh, new telescopes. But um, if I want to be the best CEO that I can for Vionis, I have to, to hire the, the people to do that. And the fact to have the knowledge on what is a good optic and what is a good sensor uh, help me every day to, to be sure that everything is under control and mm -hmm. that I have the good people to work on. I think that is such an important thing for, for young people in STEM and science and technology to, to understand. It's something I've learned um, in my my years out of school now, it's not something that's that's spoken about or talked about, um, at least not in the U.S. I can't speak for, for over in Europe and, and France, but... Uh, um, oh, it's the same in France. Really? Same in France. Yeah, really. And we, we think that the CEO do everything, but no, if I can one day, I will be on my chair all the day and yeah. just people will come, explain to me 
the, the problem or what they want to do. And I will just have to get all the visibility on the company and to help them to take the good decision. But mm. if I can take zero decision by day, I, I will be the, the best CEO that I can. <laughs> I love that. I, I think now did that come, did that come naturally? Did that come from just being a listener and, and having good people give good advice? Uh, the fact to be open to discussion with um, shareholders and even uh, other entrepreneurs, it's very important. And I know that my best quality, I have a lot of, uh, <laughs> of bad, bad point on my personality, obviously, but a, a lot of my shareholders told me that my best quality is the fact to be open to the other mm -hmm. and to listen a lot. Because I'm young, there is not a lot of CEO at uh, 30 right. years older with uh, with this product, and I'm very proud of my team and and what I've done with Vionis. I did that thanks to my op opening. I don't know English. Uh, the fact yeah, the one. It, I I think it's a great mindset. I I, I think well, I can't say enough good about that because there's so little of that now. And again, to see it from someone you know in their 30s, that's they're they're they must just be super excited that that's the case. How has your product line, how has Veonis as a company, what have you seen it done to affect astronomy in, in the near future here? And, and, and then where do you see it going in the next 10 years? That's the subject, very interesting subject, because it's, it's just a shame for me, the fact that there is not a lot of people that are observing the, the, the sky. So amateur astronomer one more time. I, I saw some figures about the number of uh, amateur astronomers in the world for the last 10 years and things like that. And it was very disappointing to see that it's not a curve like that. It's more something mm. like that. Um, and why? Because the Celestron uh, that you mentioned before, there is not a lot of revolution between the Celestron uh, 40 years ago and now. And that's the point. It's only about instruments. I'm mm. convinced about that. And I'm sure that the day where company will create a new kind of products, I hope, <laughs> uh, it, it will change. Obviously, it will not be a Vionis alone. We'll have a lot of competitors and I hope we will have a lot. It's, it mm. will be a good thing and a good signal for the market. And for me, the, the, the astronomy of the future and in 10 years is, is not, not at all the same amateur astronomy than today. Today, mm. most of the people are alone, uh, observing maybe in an association, but one, one per week or something like that, uh, or per month. And you're, you're lonely a, a lot of time. The astronomy in two years, five years, 10 years will be much more collaborative, mm. uh, participative, and people will observe together. For example, if you have one Stelina in Paris and another one in New York, maybe we can observe uh, together. I don't know in terms of time zone, but it was just an example. Mm. <laughs> but, um, maybe we can observe the same object at the same time, sure. uh, merge, merge the pictures to get a better result. So there is so many collaborative aspects that we can develop in astronomy uh, thanks to the, um, the intelligence uh, that we can embed in, the, in this kind of product. So, the general public will come to astronomy and with companies like SpaceX and all these subjects about space and go mm. uh, outside and observe the sky, I think it will be very interesting to observe uh, amateur astronomer uh, world in the next few years. And I'm convinced that the community will grow. Yeah, I, I love that, that outlook. And I, I think, 
I mean, th- just think about uh, since we the hilarious thing is we were both in aerospace engineering at the same time. Aeros- uh, the space shuttle retired. A lot of what, and at least in the U.S., I can't speak for for France, but that was a big linchpin in the what people thought was going on in space. We had the International Space Station, but it it died. It deafened uh, across across at least the U.S., if not the world, and. Uh, to see where it is today is so exciting, and, and I, I didn't think we'd be here this quickly, but um, there's this huge return back, uh, a lot of excitement brewing, and you bring up a great point about citizen science, uh, about really that's that's the community that you're you're developing here, which if you look at the, the big picture of science as a community – if we can get the citizen scientists to start developing their own things, then it's another pool for academia and, and all the major infrastructures like all the different uh, organizations, the ESA, NASA, to look at what they're doing and expand on it. So they, they have incubators of science happening um, across the world that are not tied to um, whatever system or, or you know budget that some organization is stuck to. Yeah, and there is a lot of possible collaborations uh, with uh, NASA with, uh, and with private companies like, uh, like mine and all our competitors. Because we have a huge community with thousands of products around the world. Mm. And they have, so we have the quantity and they have the quality. They have Hubble and this kind of uh, James Webb telescope in humans. And so this, this kind Hopefully. of... Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> that kind. Yeah. Um, so they have the quality. We, we have the quantity and... When mm. a Hubble telescope is observing something, after they need data during one year, two years, ten years, and they, they cannot be focused on one object with a professional telescope. So mm. we can use all this community to uh, get data and to send it to, to big uh, laboratories or organizations like NASA to help them to, to discover things. I, I think it's, it's a great place for... It's a... It, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a great Hail Mary. It's a great long pass for the, the science organ, organization and, and as a world, as scientists. Uh, we're seeing this with the U.S. space industry where it used to be such a famine mindset of there's not enough resources, there's, there's not enough place for companies to expand and explore, where in reality there's so much available to us. And I think that's what is great about your company is that it's 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 expanding a market that's just not being tapped into right now. And there are plenty of other ones that are out there. Like even if, you know, there are going to be people that complain about, you know, the difference between having a, a lens that you can focus <clears throat> or very specific high-tech telescopes, you're not affecting those people you're tapping into a market that's just straight up not doing it at all um and 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 we're allowing for both to exist at the same time um and that's what i hope we continue doing here in the u.s and around the world which is invest in both we, we don't need to choose just one we can we can do uh, and put our eggs into multiple baskets and not hope that we end up in a position like we did with the space shuttle where it's gone we lose our capability now what do you do? So that's great. One of the last questions I want to ask, looking to the future, as the development and input of Starlink satellites and, and other constellation networks uh, expand, I think there's no other better way to give access to the Internet around the world. I think it's a progress we're going to deal with. 
how are you guys have you guys looked into dealing with that issue what's what's your take on what how that's going to affect the community moving forward yeah it's a good question and when we we saw the starlink constellation we we were we were a little bit uh, stressed about about that um but in the end it's it's it doesn't matter for us. Why? Mm. Because with Telina, and it's the same with Vespera, the field of view, those instruments are approximately the same. And it's not a wide angle. It's uh, it's approximately the size mm. of the moon in terms of two, two times the moon in terms okay. of the field of view. So it's not so big. So when you have Starling constellation on your uh, field of view, you are not very lucky. <laughs> so maybe it will be one night every, uh, I don't know, every, every month or something like that, maybe less. And when it happens, it doesn't matter because with the image processing, automatically it will recognize that it's not a star because it, it, it's moving in the, in the sensor. So we can automatically remove it like planes. We already do it for planes. So it's uh, it's not very uh, yeah very problematic for us. That and that's what was the great thing that I thought for you know wh one thing when you look at a product is that it's going to have longevity and I think the Starlink debate is 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 detrimental for people who have the high end telescopes that require a lot of tinkering and it sounds like you guys are just going to be able to go through it without any issues and I mean I don't know if you have to go as far as you know, taking the satellite data of where they are and input it into your software so that it knows where it is. I mean, the fact that you guys can cut out frames anyways, I mean, that's great. Yeah. But if, yeah. Maybe one day we will have to do that. But uh, mm. for the moment, I'm not sure. I don't know if you had the occasion to see uh, uh, one uh, train of uh, Starlink. I haven't yet. Uh, it's maybe it's 10 minutes. Hmm. Um, 15 minutes maximum. So if you are observing during two hours or three hours, finally it's not a, a big deal. So may, yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. Thank you. Maybe we will take it. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was just. It just popped in my head. I figured. And and it's trying to think of the one thing that I think a scientific mindset. Maybe we'll close up on this and having that perspective. Uh, is there are solutions out there? There's never just one and. It really is. How how do you spend your time with the solutions that you think are the the most important? I think that and and you were discussing that with as CEO. You know, there's, that's you have to give yourself focus to be there to make those decisions. With everything that's going on, I think that um, a scientific mindset with the way that the world is today is something that's really important, just for people to understand truth and that even in science. Truth is a something you're always trying to create and 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 manipulate and figure out more. There isn't just one truth. It's not binary, unfortunately. It's not true or false. Where do you see? How does that how does that hit you as an idea of a scientific mindset entering the world that we live in? And, and what's your hope for for the future and and where where things can change? For the general public, I mean, people that are not observing the sky or what kind of people? Humanity and and really like and and I, we can be specific here. We, we can be specific about your like what is Veonis and what are they offering from a from a scientific mindset? What are you offering to the world that can help open people's minds to the scientific mindset? It's always about education and the fact to help people to understand what are the the different 
the, the environments uh, around them. We need scientists to uh, scientists, yeah, to understand what uh, are the biology, what uh, the sun, what is everything you want, and you need tools to observe it your, yourself and to get some knowledge about that. And we we have a lot of uh, explanation in the app to help people to understand what they are observing and to um, to help them to to get more consciousness. Mm. Consciousness. Yeah. Uh, open about, their minds. Yeah. yeah open their mind about uh, the universe, the place of uh, Earth in the universe, and to that, the fact that we have to take care of our planet because we are a very tiny planet in the universe. And yeah, so astronomy for that is wonderful and create instruments that help people to, to get some education and content about astronomy is our little step to help humanity. That's amazing. I, I, I look forward to the day where I get to use uh, one of your products and, and look at the sky. Uh, Cyril, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the story of, of Veonis and and uh, Stalina and, and soon to be Vespera in the, in the market. Where can people find this? So we're, we're, this is going to be released the end of November, uh, start of December. So people might be looking for gifts last minute. What's available this year and just even in the future, of what, what, where they can find it? So for Stalina, you can buy it on our website, so bionis.com or at uh, OPT store, a famous store of uh, telescopes uh, based in the West Coast. And uh, also Adorama on the, the East Coast. And there is other uh, retailers uh, in the US. Uh, and after for the little baby, it will be impossible to find it during 12 months because we have 1,800 uh, Vespera to produce. So we will have a lot of work. And it will, yeah, it's a lot. So it will be at the beginning of 2022. Uh, right. since January 2022 and you will find uh, Vespera on our website and in some retailers. Thank you again so much for being on. Um, I look forward to see how much more Veonis is able to cut through the sky and, and, and let us look even though we have light pollution and things like that. It's, it's amazing that you guys have all that built in to let us do that. Any last words for the folks out there? I can just Tell to your um, viewers, people that are looking at your videos, just take some time to observe the, the night sky, not with our telescope or with your smartphone or whatever you want, uh, even with your naked eye, but just take the time to observe and to just, you don't need any information. You just need to observe and you will try to understand the fact that we are only a little planet in the in the universe, and we have to take care of them. That, for me, that's the final message. It's good to know a lot of things, but after we have to get action, uh, and the fact to know that we have to to take care of our planet is the best thing that Venus can do. I think. Cyril, thank you again for being on, and everybody, spread love, spread science, be well, and we'll talk to you next time on Today in Space. Mm -hmm.